Hey everybody, this is Tina Lehman here with our latest podcast installment. Today we are sitting down with the man, the myth, the legend, our very own CEO, Jared Brigham, to talk about the wild hurricane season we've had. So having so many different parts, it's no small feat to get the right people in the right positions. We have a lot to be proud of at Eberl, in my opinion, with regards to our response to Harvey and Irma. Can you share some of our most notable or impressive successes in your mind? Well, probably the biggest success is we met our commitments to our clients. Um, we, Which we is provided, huge, yeah. yeah. We provided them the best-in-class catastrophe response that they rely on us to, mm-hmm. to provide. So. Uh, we take all those responsibilities very seriously and, and we are um, very proud of what we're able to accomplish on, on the hurricane season and catastrophe fire season that we had this year. So um, <clears throat> we filled 123 different deployments. I talked about different roles in different locations. Mm-hmm. Well, going into those different roles in different locations are 123 different deployments. And many of those deployments yeah. we were filling multiple days or multiple different deployments sure. within those 123 so and different licenses different skill sets i mean the wrinkles just never cease no, <laughs> was, there was always or they need to be in language claims handlers or you know it, it was there was a lot of um things to keep an eye on when you were filling a position yeah and oh by the way you need to fill some of those deployments within four hours yes <laughs> yes so. or the next day which gave us a bit of breathing room yeah. but yeah I, th- those were definitely um fun deployments (laughs) you know people are calling and when can you report this afternoon would be perfect what you know (laughs) Uh, uh, we during this season substantially grew our capacity which is great i mentioned it had been since 2012 Mm -hmm. since we really had a big test and um, we were able to grow our capacity and and bring adjusters who hadn't worked forever before um, into the business and and teach them how to work claims for Eberl Claim Service. Yeah. Um, we had, I think, over 800 adjusters that had their first deployment with Eberl. Wow. Some of those, the first deployment in the um, Ever. in the industry. Yeah. A lot of those had been working for company XYZ or company ABC, sure. but uh, that number is, is very, I'm very proud of that number, of yeah. course. Um, we added some new clients. I, I mentioned UPC earlier in the conversation and, and also MetLife and RVOS. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have a lot of additional client discussions going on right now um, with potential clients that sure. maybe weren't satisfied with what their independent adjusting firm did for them over the course of you know the hurricanes and the fires. So yeah. a lot of new business. Uh, this can be a good time to capitalize on some of those relationships out there, you know, kind of feeling out, are you happy with your current vendor? What what successes or failures did you have? Um, you know, how we how we can fill in the gaps for them and their cap planning. So right. that, that'll take up your first quarter, at least, if not your second quarter. <laughs> yes, it's been taking up several yeah. <laughs> hours already and yes. will continue to take up hours. But it's exciting. Year. You know, we, we bring on all these new people, we build our capacity and you have to continue to build the clientele. So yeah, it's all part of the cycle. So Jared, let's give our listeners some insight into what goes on at the home office before, during, and after these large events. Well, okay. What it was it Benjamin Franklin that said, failure to plan is planning to fail. Yes. I, I don't know if it was, but I'll give it to Ben. <laughs> okay. We'll give it to Ben. <laughs> Or you could go with Mike Tyson, which is probably more apropos for our industry. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. <laughs> so. I almost like that one better, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, so we we start planning in the first quarter for the next season. So it's a year-long process. Uh, we we have a formal cap plan that we put in place. Like I said, we always have to be able to adjust. Yeah. Plan, do, check, adjust, right? Um, we sit down with our clients and, and try to work out, you know, if it's a new client, what their catastrophe plan is and how it aligns with ours. If mm-hmm. it's an existing client, you know, where their exposures lie, have they had material changes since the previous sure. year? Um, what they're relying on us, you know, to provide as far as numbers of adjusters, um, types and roles that we're going to be servicing. Um, and we, you know, that, that really involves departments across our company. We don't just yeah. have a couple of the um, claims operations folks meeting with those clients. We involve other I mean, people. you've got accounting, you've got training, you've got everybody involved in that QA, you know, figuring out what file guidelines are and if there's changes in any of the file requirements and best practices and all that. It really is a huge group effort mm-hmm. to get that plan modified from the year before and make sure everything's in place and ready to go. Right. And we, of course, you know, after we have refined our cap plan, talked to our clients, um, worked with our internal teams to make sure that everybody's on the same page, we look at our internal processes, our communications, we ensure that our IT department is, is up to speed on what we're going to expect of them, mm-hmm. that, you know, payroll and accounting is up to speed on you know, where we, where we could experience um, big deployments and what that might look sure. like for them. Uh, and then, of course, we, we start playing the the watching the hurricane that word jared hurricane basin game yes the standby, standby. <laughs> so normally we'll have at least one if not many um standby um opportunities out yeah. there where we're looking at a storm that is brewing out there in the um, caribbean or in the atlantic mm-hmm. that has potential to affect the u.s mainland and we're going to start putting adjusters on standby. We're watching that storm, and we say, okay, it's 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 time. We need to start putting people yeah. on standby, make sure they're ready, make sure they're geared up, make sure we can count on them, because we really rely on those standby numbers to start forming up our response. Yeah, absolutely, and I know that... Um you know, we kind of all make fun of standby, but it really is a necessary evil. We have so many various commitments out there that that's how we can best gauge that we're going to be able to meet those commitments. And if we're not, then we have other plans in place of where we can draw resources from. So we, we appreciate when you go on standby for everyone listening. We, we thank you for your loyalty and your commitment to that. And um, we know sometimes it can get frustrating, but it's it's part of the guessing game. And when we think there's a threat, we're going to put people on standby. That's just kind of all part of how the season plays out. So we appreciate people's patience with the standby process. Yeah, and I can't stress enough how much we do rely on it. We, we need um, to have accurate numbers to be able to start forming up our response to start t- mm-hmm. communicating with our clients and and standby is is very important for it's us integral. we don't take it lightly we hope our adjusters don't take it lightly either because we are certainly relying yeah. on those numbers um and then of course once once we've made the call to say hey we're going to put people on standby we immediately start looking into logistics where's this thing going to go um where do we need to start securing space for mm-hmm. orientations and inductions what type of, what does our management look like? What what type of numbers do we look like? Do we need sure. for management and trainers? Um, we're doing some modeling with, with some of the policies enforced data that our, our clients have given us. Mm-hmm. 
And of course, we're in constant communication with our clients and keeping the adjusters that are on standby advised. Informed, yeah. And then, you know, <clears throat> the natural progression is if it gets to be a more imminent threat, then we're looking at, you know, we're going to have to start deploying folks to our stand to our um, orientation and induction centers and mm -hmm. getting people deployed. And it's common now that we will get actual deployment requests ahead of an event hitting. Oh, 100%. Yeah, we've yeah. always received that, but nowadays it's it's very, very common that we start getting deployments two days before, yeah. the, before the event actually occurs. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can do that in a hurricane. You have that luxury, and clients want that rapid response. And yeah. We want to make sure that we've got adjusters staged in the area to take care of those heavy damage claims yeah. right off the bat. So we are deploying people, you know, fairly quickly nowadays, mm -hmm. and um, it's a much more proactive um, position yeah. to be in, and it makes it a lot more seamless for the client and for the policyholders. Um, Absolutely. During that deployment process, you know, we're, we're forming up our teams, what, what those adjuster teams are going to look like, the managers and trainers that are going to be assigned, mm -hmm. getting file examiners in place, um, and, you know, really getting people into those locations. <clears throat> of course, when we deploy adjusters, we send confirmations, making sure they know where to go. Uh, they, they've got all the necessary information that they... On licenses, they, training, right. last-minute things that they might need, yeah. Exactly. Of course, there's always changes as we go along. <laughs> So um, that's why they call us adjusters, because we adjust and, <laughs> and continue to roll with it. And, yeah. Um, well, we get adjusters into the area. We start doing our orientations, uh, and the adjusters get files, and, and we go to work. And yeah. it's really exciting because not only um, in the field but in the office, it's an all-hands-on-deck mentality. Yeah. We really as a company pull together. We all come together yes. and pitch in. Yeah, yeah it absolutely. It doesn't matter what your role is, what your title is, or what your job duty is. Agreed. We come together and do what's needed to get the job done. Yeah. Uh, this company has been formed on that premise that mm -hmm. we're going to get the job done uh, come heck or high water. Absolutely. And that's what we do. Yeah, I remember when I started here, I, I want to say there was <clears throat> 10 or 12 full-time employees. And you just did what needed to be done. And even though we've grown considerably since those days, we've kept that mentality. And I think that's kind of a special thing. You you leave at the end of the day feeling such a camaraderie with your coworkers and also knowing that you're helping people to get there to help people. Um, it, it's a really fulfilling, even though it's a lot of hours and it can be frustrating. Um, and I'd also say, you know, during the storm at the office, we are having meetings multiple times a day. Things can change so quickly. Something that was the case at eight o'clock in the morning by one o'clock in the afternoon, we may have different marching orders. There may be different licensing requirements. So we have to kind of do a lot of things on the fly and we appreciate um, adjusters patience with that. You know, as our marching orders change, their marching orders change. And you know, you talk to anyone that's worked a hurricane, <clears throat> pardon me, they've had that happen. I was sent to location A and then two hours later I'm sent to location B and then maybe the next day I'm sent back to location A and sometimes we just have to remember to have a little patience because they're the carriers are taking in thousands of people to respond to these events and even the best logistics there's going to be some hiccups here and there so we we thank everyone listening for their patience and flexibility like Jared said that's what we do we adjust. Certainly so and uh 
That's the name of the profession. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so at Eberl, we not only help people through the work that we do, but we also put an emphasis on giving back to the communities we serve. Jared, can you talk a little bit about our charity efforts in the aftermath of the hurricanes? Yeah, you know, I think about what we do in the aftermath of these catastrophes, and it really, we're a first responder. We're a type of a first sure. responder, and our job is to help people start the rebuilding and recovery process. Um, it's very comforting for, for me to know that we're in that role yeah. because we're out there ensuring that these policyholders can recover from a lot of times the worst personal tragedy that they've ever that had. That they'll ever so go through, yeah. We take it seriously. Um, our commitment goes beyond just adjusting the claim, and many of our employees were affected by these hurricanes, so we certainly have a lot mm -hmm. of adjusters in Texas and Florida in Southern California that were affected by the fires. So uh, our our first and foremost commitment is to, for those adjusters that do have property or family that is in harm's way to mm -hmm. make sure that they can take care of that. Sure. And we either provide them leave or, or make sure that we've held their position when they come back. So Cool. Um, we also make it a point to, to donate to the relief efforts. And mm -hmm. for these storms, we, we had a, a great response as far as raising money for charity for hurricane relief uh, combined with the company match uh, the organization donated over sixty four thousand dollars to people wow. affected by these catastrophes which was that's excellent yeah also another record for the company so yeah and every bit of. helps so yep so jared your first storm with ebril was hurricane aniki in hawaii were you on Kauai? is that right yes um i had i had been training in colorado springs on a hailstorm for um, quite a while, and uh, was you know Hurricane Aniki hit after Hurricane Andrew. So mm -hmm. when Hurricane Andrew hit, I was called and they asked me to to go to Florida. And you I got said, well, promoted from hail adjuster to hurricane I got, adjuster. I got promoted from trainee to <laughs> we, we we were asking you to go to, to Florida to work Hurricane Andrew, and I said, well, yes, I'd I'd be interested in doing that, and was I needed a week or so to get my affairs in order. And during that time, Hurricane Aniki hit in Hawaii, so mm -hmm. I ended up getting rerouted to to Hawaii instead of Andrew, which sounds glamorous, but it, <laughs> there was no power on the <laughs> island. There's no glamour after yeah. a hurricane, no. yeah. No, there was no power on the island for about almost a month, and and uh, a lot of areas it was several months, so yeah, it was not as glamorous as it, as it sounded, but uh, it certainly has been, uh, certainly was one of the most exciting um, experiences of my life. Your first big storm, right, right. you know, it's pretty amazing to get out there. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the most noticeable ways that you've seen the business change since that first storm? Wow, in, uh, in 25 years, probably a better question would be what hasn't changed because- <laughs> Touche. Uh, yeah, there's, there's been a lot of change in the business. I, I, give a, I would say what hasn't changed is there's still policies to read and policies to interpret Mm -hmm. And aside from uh, deductibles and endorsements and special coverages, the policies probably haven't changed a, a lot. But too materially, you know, yeah. Pretty much everything else has the way we um, handle the claims, the the cycle time that the policyholders yes. that we expect. Um, the customer service and the turnaround times now. Yeah. I mean, I know we were talking recently, and it wouldn't be uncommon. You'd show up to a storm, and you would get a stack of paper files, you know, several feet high probably, and it could take weeks 
to get out and inspect and then another extra week maybe for your estimate to be processed in Xactimate because not everyone knew Xactimate back then. Well, of course, now we're in such an instant economy that people aren't going to wait three or four weeks for their insurance claim to be processed. So I think that that's definitely kept us on our toes, but we've been able to evolve really well. Yeah, a funny story about Xactimate. On Hurricane Iniki, we were actually filling out and it was one of the, it was the first storm actually that uh, they were using Xactimate, and the adjusters would fill out what were called tick sheets, scope sheets, mm-hmm. and they would tick off what needed to be removed and replaced, and enter in the square footages on a they would handwrite it on a piece of paper, and then they would hand it into the data processing folks, and they would write the estimate in Xactimate, but it would take a week or two weeks to get it back and mm-hmm. then you'd have to mark it up and you'd have to turn it back Changes in. Changes. Take and... another two weeks. And so <laughs> on Xactimate um, back in 1992 was an old DOS-based program, yeah. <laughs> which virtually, hardly, well, hardly anybody knew how to run. Yeah, well, and point. I think now people listening are like, a what? Yeah. You know, we've got some millennial younger folks probably tuning in and they're like, I don't know what that is. Well, let's just suffice it to say it was old. It was really old. <laughs> uh during that storm, though, I, I realized that this was going to be the way of the future. So yeah. I we we couldn't wait two, three weeks to get your estimate sure. back. So sat down with the data processing folks enter, and started entering my own estimates. And, mm-hmm. and that was really the beginning. Um, that's 1992 era was really the beginning of digital estimating wow. and computers. You were there for the dawn of estimating software, Jared. (laughs) That uh, certainly dates me. Thank you, Tina. You're welcome. (laughs) Well, Jared, so every adjuster obviously has a few favorite storm stories. Do you have one that you can share with us? You know, I've had so many different storm stories over the years. I, I really can't, sitting here today, point to one specific one that stands out above the rest it is Mm -hmm. just such a a gratifying business it's such a great business to be in you know when you're out there helping people when you're out there helping people recover from some of the worst tragedies in their lives yeah it's a it it really is special and it's one of those things that makes me feel really good to be able to have been in a position to help policyholders and then in a position to help adjusters learn the trade um, for many years and then you know, now as a as a company, yeah. we're able to employ a group of people that then goes out and helps hundreds and thousands and yeah. tens of thousands of policyholders each year, which is very comforting for me and very rewarding. I, f- I find yeah. it uh, a very rewarding business to be in. And there's a many different um, policyholders and many different adjusters over the years that I can read names off. I mean, we could be here for a long Hours. time. Hours, sure, like, sure. Uh, just a great business. Yeah, I, I like what you say about the, the satisfaction from this job because sometimes you have the long hours, you have irate people on the telephone, you're on a roof and it's 100 degrees. You know, this job is not for the weak hearted. No. It is it is hard, hard work. And sometimes you can lose sight of what you're really doing out there. And it's like you said, at the end of the day, we're helping people put their lives back together. And that's pretty priceless. So I, I'm with you. I, I have great pride in the work that we do here. Yes, it's hard work. It's stressful. The hours are long, but so rewarding. Mm-hmm. And I would encourage all adjusters out there um, in this business to take a moment and, and Think about how many people they're helping out there for sure and pat themselves on the back and 
enjoy um, what this company and what the independent adjusting community does um, for the policyholders in the U.S. and abroad. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really something special. And I also would just like to thank um, all of the adjusters, all the trainers, managers, file examiners, all of the Eberl team members out there that helped yeah. us through the season. It is, It really touches my heart to think about the response that we've had um, in 2017 and over the years and all of the great people that work for this company. Yeah. We couldn't do it without you. I mean, um, it's certainly, we play a very small role and, and you, you out there that are working the claims in the field are certainly the life do the heavy lifting yeah they're yeah. the lifeblood of the company so yeah i i second that sentiment we certainly wouldn't be where we are today without the adjusters that have helped us over the years and so i'd like to um echo my my thanks as well and um i think that's it for our time today once again jared i would like to thank you so much i know you have a very busy schedule we appreciate you sitting down with us and hopefully we'll get you back in the studio in another couple months well thank you for inviting me tina i appreciate uh, the time and uh, look forward to a very happy holiday season for myself for you and for all the april team members listening so. very good and a busy spring storm season ahead that's right all right great thanks thank jared you.